Uh, we are going backwards to number seven. We uh, our wildlife project update. So, uh, agenda item number seven: Nevada Department of Wildlife project update. Secretary Wasley informational. The commission has requested that the department provide regular project updates for ongoing projects and programs as appropriate based on geography and timing of meetings. These updates are intended to provide additional detail in addition to the summaries provided as part of the regular department activity report and are intended to educate the commission and public as to the department's ongoing duties and responsibilities. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, apologize for the earlier confusion on this agenda item. Uh, but I think we're good to go now. So we've got Brad Bauman, uh, fisheries biologist, right here in Winnemucca, and he's going to share with us a presentation on the James Kinney Urban Pond, and we're going to take a uh, field trip at the close of today's meeting to uh, actually get the opportunity to see it. But I, I mentioned earlier just the importance of connecting people uh, with wildlife. We've heard that word connection a couple times and it's a really really important piece of, of culturing conservationist or conservation ethic the very first step uh, you know we've had a, a pretty big exodus of attendees uh, as we switch from the last agenda item to this one but there's a number of different issues that bring people to this meeting but the one thing that all interested parties have is a connection with wildlife whether that connection uh, comes from wildlife viewing, photography, uh, recreational pursuit, and it's that connection that leads to uh, the next step, which is a respect for wildlife. Uh, and through respecting wildlife is where we get a desire to uh, protect wildlife. And so connecting people to wildlife through urban fisheries is an essential part of uh, the recruitment, um, the retention, and the reactivation of anglers, but uh, anglers as a, as a uh, piece of the broader conservation community. So I'll shut up there and turn it over to Brad, uh, who will share with us a little bit about the James Kitty Pond and more, more generally, hopefully, a little bit about the importance of urban fishing and uh, as a tool for recruitment, retention, and reactivation of anglers. Take it away, Brad. Yeah, thank you, Madam Chair, members of the Commission. Yeah, I'm glad to present on this. It's one of the projects we've had recently here in Winnemucca, a community-based project where it's our newest fishery around here. Now we have an urban community fishery right outside of Winnemucca here that we'll go down and take a look at after my presentation here. But here's just a Google Earth image of it, and it's right in the middle there, kind of where it says Urban Pond. You can see I-80 and 395, and it's, it's down along the Humboldt River, and it is in the Humboldt River floodplain, and I'll talk a little bit about that and show you some pictures about that. Here's just some aerial views of it. This top picture, this is before the pond was built. It's in that top left corner, kind of where you can see uh, where that slough is there and then the bottom picture is just kind of a drawing of where the parking lot and the pond and the slough and we'll see all that when we're down there but this idea of an urban pond in Winnemucca was a discussion starting in the early 2000s and we were just looking for a spot to you know where could we have one and we never really found a good spot and we ended up a landowner came forward uh, the Kenny family and Jim Kenny said you know, I have a piece of property down by the river where it would 
make a good spot for a pond and I'm willing to work with you guys on it. And I said, okay, we can probably make something happen. So then we started looking at cost estimates of it and it looked like this pond was going to cost around $264,000 to get done and completed. And we did that in 2011. In 2015, Endow and Humboldt County signed uh, an agreement on that we would, Endow would manage the water and the fish in the pond and Humboldt County would kind of manage the land. And there's also a lease agreement with Humboldt County and the landowner where Humboldt County, I believe it's a 50-year lease they're on with the landowner where they're going to lease that property for like $1 a year. So it's on a long-term lease and, and the county, without that, lease we wouldn't have been able to do this because we were able to find a spot to to put this pond so we were able to start construction in 2016 and the initial construction and moving the dirt and the earthwork was started with humboldt county and their equipment and their roads department and things like that and it was also done by newmont and barrick gold mines they brought equipment operators in and equipment and now uh, Newmont and Barrick are Nevada gold mines. So we started that construction in the winter of 2016 and it started snowing a little bit and we kept moving dirt and then it kept snowing and it kept getting wetter and more wet. And then they had to stop construction because it was getting a little too mucky and then we had the spring runoff and like I said this is in the floodplain of the Humboldt River. Well in the spring and summer of 2017 the river flooded filled up the pond and it just delayed construction on these bottom two pictures here so it took a while for that to dry out if any of you've ever seen the flood along the Humboldt River the best descriptions from the water resources guy he goes it's just a really slow moving train wreck the water comes and it stays for a while and then it subsides and dries out again so we were able to pick up construction again after it dried out and we got the water out of there. The pond is lined, so we retain what water's in there and we just don't lose it to the river. Uh, all this pond liner was donated and a company donated their time to come in and weld that pond liner together. Being that we're in Winnemuc and really close to the gold mine, we have access to those resources that, that do work like this. So. These are just some more pictures of it being constructed. So we had a ton of community involvement in this project. Uh, we got that first cost estimate in 2011, and in 2018 we finally were able to open it. And these urban ponds are managed as a put-and-take fishery where we stock mostly trout in them each year. In this pond in particular, we stock about 4,000 trout in it. Uh, I add warm water fish on an opportunistic basis. I'll talk a little bit more about that. Whenever we can purchase some or get our hands on warm water fish species such as smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, bluegill crappie, channel catfish. I already talked about the agreements that were signed. Uh, on the right is just a list of organizations and people that came together to make this happen. The big one was the Kenny family leasing the land to Humboldt County. Without that, we wouldn't have been able to make this happen. The first NGO to come to the table was Nevada Muleys, and they came to the table and said, 
we will put $25,000, at least $25,000 towards this project to make it happen. Then we went to other groups, Nevada Checker Foundation, Midas NBU stepped up big. I've already talked about Humboldt County. Nevada Gold Mines, which is Newmont and Barrick, they did a lot of the initial moving the dirt, excavation work, groundwork on there. And then Southwest Gas and Arizona Pipeline, where we get our water from, when we go down there, right across the street, Endow has a, a fish uh, holding facility there where all get fish in from the hatchery and then stock them out. And we have a water right where we have 234 acre feet of water. To fill that pond, we piped water from Endow's well underneath the highway into the pond. And Southwest Gas and Arizona Pipeline came in and they augered underneath because NDOT didn't want us obviously digging up the highway and going through there. So they bored underneath the highway so we could pipe water to this pond. Uh, Humboldt Ready Mix uh, donated a lot of the rock and landscaping material around the pond. Agro America's out of Fernley. They donated a lot of the pond liner. Solar Solutions is out of Elko. They came in and put in a a little pump and a solar panel to put in a drip system for the trees and some of the landscaping around there. Honeywell Construction really stepped up. After the flood, Humboldt County's resources and the gold mine's resources were strapped and they could no longer have people uh, doing the dirt work and excavating the pond. So Honeywell Construction came in along with uh, uh, three NGOs and said, We'll finish construction and the plan was the NGOs were just going to pay Honeywell Construction to finish all the dirt work. Well, they finished it and Honeywell never submitted a bill to the NGOs to do any of that work. So on Lauren Honeywell's part, he just donated all that work to finish the dirt work. Team Silverado built some uh, metal benches uh, that are at the pond. We'll see Winnemucca Volunteer Fire Department donated some picnic tables and uh, things around the pond there. Western Nevada Supply donated all the pipe, which was, I think, almost 2,000 feet to go from our well underneath the highway into the pond. And Ron Seedon Supply donated uh, the trees for the landscaping around it. And this will take me down to that bottom bullet point. Our original estimate to build this pond was uh, $264,000. In total, the three NGOs spent almost $10,000 on it. Rest of the work was completely donated by various people, companies, mines, organizations. Uh, and I need to give a special thanks to, to some of the community members here and individuals that really made this happen. Mariana Enixson, who was a former employee of Endow. She was uh, AA here at Endow for many years. She was very instrumental in making this happen. She held me accountable and basically called me every month starting in about 2011 and said, Brad, what's going on with the pond? In a very nice way. And if any of you ever worked with Mariana, she does it in a very nice way and she holds you accountable. Doug Kane, who was uh, on the Winnemucca City Council, 
he was very instrumental in bringing all this together and bringing all the groups together and, and getting things done. Jim Rackley, he's with uh, Nevada Muley's and Nevada Chucker Foundation, and just on his own time, he made sure a lot of these things happened in, in a timely manner. And then Nate Blanton was with uh, Midas NBU, and he made sure they stepped up and provided financial support and made things happen for us. So here are a few pictures. Uh, so this pond actually, with social media, it has its own Facebook page now just by members of the community. And uh, things are posted on there on what's going on with the Winnemucca Community Pond. That picture in the center, that's one of the volunteers, a volunteer from Nevada Muley's putting in the drip line and the trees around the pond and trenching that. Uh, that picture up on the left is a channel catfish that was caught there. Uh, we were able to do a salvage event from some areas of the Humboldt River that were drying up. And we got this channel catfish before the pond opened and put it in there. And when we got that channel catfish, it was 17 pounds and we put it in the pond. And it was caught three times before somebody kept it. By the time somebody kept it, it was a 22 pound catfish that I think was enjoying rainbow trout that were coming from Mason Valley Hatchery. Uh, urban fishery management for Endow, most of these are in close proximity to population centers uh, and they sig re receive significant use from the local community. We typically stock it with 8 inch trout. Uh, most of the fish are removed within a short time frame that we put them in there and that's a put and take fishery and we know that's going to happen and that's how we manage these. And I've talked a little bit about, you know, Warm water fish are stocked on an opportunistic basis when, you know, we can get them from certain bodies of water and bring them in there. If we have a surplus of fish in one body of water that's close, you know, if it's largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, crappie, bluegill, we can get those and bring them in there. Uh, an interesting note on usage on this pond is it's right by the Humboldt River. The Humboldt River doesn't receive a whole lot of fishing pressure, even though it can be really good fishing for some species. And, and the challenges and, and barriers are, is a lot of the Humboldt River's private property, so access is an issue. And then it can be really thick with vegetation getting down to the river, moving water. The species that are in the Humboldt River kinda sometimes have you know, specialized tactics that you have to go after them with and specialized gear, things like that. Uh, but the pond we put in receives a, a, a lot of use, and I'll get to that here in, in just a minute. Uh, this is uh, the Fish NV tool that anybody can access online, and you can just pull up urban fisheries, and all, all these dots here, these blue dots are the urban fisheries we have in Nevada. Right now, I think we have a little over 30 of them. That number I was trying to figure out exactly. There's new ones going in every year, so right now we have over 30 of them. You can see the blue dots are concentrated around the population centers, but as we get out further here into the rural areas, we are, get, are getting some, some of those out there, and these fisheries are really popular. 
So for angling use on some of these, I pulled some data for some of these urban fisheries that we have. One is Bailey Pond in Carson City and Sparks Marina in Sparks Marina area. And I just threw Topaz Lake up there just to compare it with the angling use that they get. So in angling days, Topaz Lake, which isn't in urban fisheries, but one of our more popular fisheries in Nevada, we receive in this time frame from 2013 to 2017, you know, 6,300 angling days on it. Bailey Pond in Carson City receives over a third of the angling pressure that Topaz Lake gets. And then if you look at Sparks Marina, we get more angling days at an urban fishery in Sparks and Sparks Marina than we do Topaz Lake. To me, this isn't surprising, but to a lot of your traditional anglers that travel a long ways to go fishing, this can be like, wow, they get that much fishing pressure? Yeah, they, they do. It's, it's kind of uh, a neat thing that they do get that much fishing pressure. And I wish I had some data on my pond, but I don't. We get this angling use data from a questionnaire that we sent out to a certain percentage of anglers, and now that we've changed to the vendor Calcomai, we're working through with Calcomai on how to get that out and back data back to us biologists to, to be comparable to what we had before, and we'll get that done soon. But what I can say on James Kenny Pond just from watching it and knowing the anglers that go down there and driving past it, knowing my other waters, it's probably my most used water in Humboldt County now. Uh, there's always somebody there. And as Director Wasley talked about R3 recruitment, retention, reactivation, how these uh, urban fisheries can, you know, that involves urban fisheries. Like I was talking about making the comparison to James Kenny Pond in the Humboldt River. There's a lot of barriers that these fisheries reduce that anglers might be not comfortable with, intimidated about. If you're a new angler, do you really want to travel an hour or two to somewhere you've never been, to where you don't know about access? There might be some vegetation around there, you can't quite get to it there's things out there, or there's this fishery that's real close to where you live that you always see people fishing at that you can go to. So those barriers, barriers are reduced. And a lot of our fisheries sometimes, like for mine, if anybody's ever been to Onion Knot Creek Blue Lakes up in the Pine Forest, you better have a four-wheel drive vehicle if you're going up there. Not all these people that want to try to start fishing have access to four-wheel drive vehicles. They might just be a two-wheel drive vehicle. There's a gravel parking lot there. There's picnic tables usually at these urban fisheries. So those barriers are reduced. Uh, so why do people fish at urban fisheries? Well, they like to get out and relax and unwind. They want to be in the outdoors. Uh, they want to be with the family and friends. Some people do it for sport at James Kenny. I see people there catching release fishing, and I see Tom Casanelli here. He, he rattled off a number to me last year. How many fish did you catch at the pond last year, Tom? Uh, I don't know, but a bunch. 
Yeah, I think you rattled off a number over 300 that you had caught at the pond, and I see Tom down there a lot with his fly rod doing catch and release fishing. Then there's a lot of people that go down there to catch and keep the fish, and they use that for food. Uh, and then it all has to, a lot of it has to do with access and affordability. Uh, most of our fisheries, a lot of fisheries in Nevada, we're the driest state in the union, they're few and far between, you have to travel quite a ways sometimes. Before I had James Kenny Pond, if you wanted to go to a reservoir or a pond close to Winnemucca, you were, it was Bilt Creek Reservoir, which is 70 miles north of town, or there's a pond south of Winnemucca called Spalding Pond, which is about 45 miles or an hour away. So you have to make that commitment to travel, then people are gonna look at paying for gas and all that thing, the affordability aspect of it. Or they can drive 10 minutes and go to this pond and you don't make that time investment or that commitment of paying for gas and affordability and things like that. Uh, one other thing I want to mention on these urban fisheries that a lot of them are going to have consistent water now that we're entering a drought period. Uh, a lot of my fisheries are going to shrink down. Some of them are going to go dry. This is going to be one of them that will have consistent water where people can go fish. And uh, I've already been talking with, we permit a commercial fishermen at Rye Patch Reservoir to do some commercial fishing there for carp and Sacramento blackfish, but they also catch a lot of game fish. And with how many game fish I got in Rye Patch Reservoir now and that getting taken down to a small pool of water, probably later this summer we're going to remove crappie and smallmouth bass from Rye Patch and we'll probably take them to James Kenny Pond and give people opportunity to catch them there because if we don't, you could look at fish die-off issues or they're just going to go down the Humboldt River and probably end up on a farmer's field in Lovelock as fertilizer in there. So. So some of the future projects. This is kind of neat that we're having this meeting right here because uh, I've been in, since we've had James Kenny Pond uh, come to Winnemucca, a lot of people are like, oh, we should get more of these things. This is great. And members of the city council and the city manager, city engineer in Winnemucca talked to me. So this gray area, well, it's I don't have my laser pointer, but... This pointer won't work here. You can see where the Boys and Girls Club is here. So just this street out to the corner, there's future plans to build another pond, and they want to make another urban fishery here in Winnemucca. So I may have gone from Winnemucca never having any to here in a short time frame to where we're going to have two of these urban fisheries. And the city has gone after grant money themselves to look to pay for this, and we'll probably end, end up entering into an MOU, an agreement where, you know, the city will manage the land and we'll manage the fish and the water and move on from there. But that's one of the future things that we have here in Winnemucca is that we're probably going to end up with two of these ponds here in the next few years and instead of just one. And with that, if anybody has any questions, I'll wrap it up and answer any questions. Thank you, Brad. That was really great. Any questions for Mr. Bowman? Bowman? Bowman. Bowman. Bowman.
my apologies. Mr. No. Any questions? Comments? Madam Secretary Chair, just Lawson. really quick, uh, I just want to thank the community. I want to thank uh, all the volunteers. Um, huge community engagement, uh, really rallied around it and wouldn't have happened uh, without some of that local push uh, and, and Brad and, and some others at the department. So uh, I know he didn't include himself in that, but uh, he, had a, he had a key hand in that too. So um, appreciate, appreciate the opportunity to, to participate and it, it bodes well for the department, but it wouldn't happen without out the uh, outstanding community and all the volunteers. So thanks, Brad. Thank you. Yeah, so I guess we're going to go on a tour after that. I'm not sure if everybody knows where it is or how to get there, but it is just Winnemucca. Just drive around until you find it. Don't take too long. No, but I can wait, I can wait outside the parking lot. I know, where, I know some of the other Endow people know where it's at, so eventually we'll be able to find it, or everybody can just follow Tom because he wants to go get his flyer out and go fishing this evening. Sounds like a plan. Okay, thank you so much. All right, uh, wrapping up our agenda item, agenda item number 12, public comment, period. Public comment will be limited to three minutes. No action can be taken by the commission at this time. Any item requiring commission action may be scheduled on a future commission agenda. Do we have any public comment? Oh, thank you. Hang on one second. <laughs> Uh, Karen Taylor, Washoe County resident. I am here for, uh, with your permission, uh, Chair Commissioner yes. East, to say goodbye to Commissioner Hubs. Yes. Okay. Um, first of all, Commissioner Hubs, I'm going to speak from the first. The Bear advocates couldn't be here today, and I, I guess there was no way to call in or something, so I wanted to give you a message from them. Uh, quote, we want to thank her. She has been a light in a very dark chapter of Nevada wildlife management, when those tasked with protecting bears uh, promote a mentality that considers killing of another species a sport, we really see her as a light in the darkness. So thank you. And then also, this one's from me. Um, I wanted to say thank you so much. Uh, what distinguishes you uh, from so many other people is that you put wildlife first. And your decisions were based on uh, sound thinking about the needs of wildlife and not just the species that seem to drive um, the money, um, the mule deer, mule deer, elk, sheep, mule deer. Uh, you, you spoke up for when it was important for all wildlife, and I respect your courage um, and all the best for the future. Thank you so much for your service. And then one last thing um, separate from this, uh, since we were talking so much about fisheries, um, I just wanted to point out that the, the ponds are a really good source of water for birds and some of the other wildlife. And it's really excellent that you did that. My only concern is that when I do community cleanups, I seem to see a lot of fishing line and trash and stuff um, from fisher people. And it's um, something that I hope that we're doing with education to um, prevent them from leaving the fishing lines. Uh, down in Rye Patch a couple months ago, when we were there, um, I was there by myself for a while, and I remember looking in the water and seeing 
this thing that looked like a jellyfish, and it was actually a conglomeration of fishing line and, and that kind of stuff. So I hope that we're doing some public education with fishing line. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Taylor. Any other public comment? Okay, with that, we are adjourned. Uh, we'll follow you all to the pond. Thank you. <laughs>